You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Maynard Roberts. Our current serial, Echo and Narcissus, is a sequel to Death at the Dragon Circus, which is available to listen to earlier on this podcast. If you would like to read the ebook of Death at the Dragon Circus, you can get it now, uh, download it if you are one of my Patreon subscribers, or you can find it in the anthology And Then, uh, from Volume 1 from Clandestine Press. The Echo and Narcissus ebook will be released next month exclusively to my Patreon subscribers, so keep that in mind. Chapter 2 in which Narcissus is the only option. Kurt was not good at doing nothing. Waiting, he could do that. Performing complete stillness for hours or even days at a time while waiting for a mark to arrive in exactly the right spot? Absolutely. But sitting in the passenger seat of a truck for four or six hour shifts as they drove through postcard beautiful scenery That was apparently outside his skill set. Do you ever stop fidgeting? Riff growled on day three. Nope, said Kurt. Want to play a game? Riff gave him the most withering look anyone had ever conveyed through clown makeup. The drivers all used radio to communicate, though the reception wasn't all that reliable in the deeper mountains to the west of Candle. When the brass couldn't get their messages through, it was down to the trapeze artists to leap from truck to truck, passing supplies and messages along. Isn't this dangerous? Kurt had asked, the first time Inga turned up at his window with a thermos of soup and a note about the next fuel stop from Magellan. No more than jumping from dragon back underneath the big top, she shrugged. It keeps us limber. Who wants to be stuck sitting on a bus all day? That was two days ago. Now Kurt was putting serious thought into whether he too needed to practice his aerialist skills. Don't you dare, Riff said, the second Kurt started easing down the window. Gaffer wants you in one piece. Eyes on the road. The road's empty. We haven't even passed another vehicle in hours. That's exactly when trouble turns up. When trouble did turn up, it wasn't from ahead at all, but from their trapeze artist telegraph. Cicero, the grumpiest of the three birds of paradise, appeared so suddenly at Kurt's window that Kurt nearly yelled out in alarm. Oh, he thought, as he steadied his breathing and rolled down the window. He was losing his touch. He could never let his former colleagues know about how soft he'd got at the circus. They'd make fun of him. He could never let Inga know. She would be merciless. Gonna have to make an emergency stop, said the red-haired trapeze artist, folding all of his long, lean limbs inside the cab of Riff's truck. He dropped onto Kurt's lap and lounged there, as if Kurt was another piece of upholstery. Forty-five minutes. There's another fuel stop coming up in fifteen, Riff grunted. Yes, said Cicero looking dour, but we're skipping it. The nearest hospital is 45 minutes away. Hang a left at the next crossroads. Hospital. The grip, Kurt demanded. Last he knew, Carlotta was determined for as close to a home birth as a travelling circus allowed for, 
She'd nested in one of the trailers with an annotated list of every member of the crew who had first aid training. Also last he'd heard, Carlotta was still claiming not to be in labour. Yep, serendipity says it's looking rough. Might need surgery to get the bab out. Riff swore under his breath. They hung a left at the crossroads and came out into a clearer stretch of road with lower peaks. Almost immediately, the radio started to crackle. Got Cicero? It was Magellan. Riff grabbed the receiver. Got him here, he said shortly. Message received. Cicero pulled a crumpled piece of map out of his pocket and passed it over. You'll need this. Guess you're navigator, Frostad, said Riff, glancing only briefly at the map. Give you something useful to do. Kurt examined the map, which had their new route clearly outlined in what looked like eyebrow pencil. This is going to take us really close to, you know, Echo and Narcissus. He didn't want to say more than that with Cicero here. Yep, said Riff grimly. I guess it will. Life is what happens when you make another plans. The Serene Leaf Maternity Hospital was on the outskirts of Narcissus, a city that was clearly holding some kind of lush roof garden of the year contest, or had possibly been recently attacked by tree monsters. The hospital was surrounded by topiary and flowerpots, and the roof was covered by decorative moss. Was Brennan's determination to stay away from these cities because he had a fear of ornamental plants? Not only had the Dragon Circus failed to call ahead, but there was no car park in the world large enough to fit this number of trucks, trailers, mobile cages and, well, dragons. They filled every corner of the hospital yard and spilled out along the leafy avenue almost as far back as the highway. Gonna need to grab food supplies, said Riff, leaning against his cooling truck to light a cigarette. Figure out where to keep this lot for the next few days. Won't the gaffer want to get back on the road? said Kurt, remembering the bleak look on Brennan's face and the insistence on not stopping here, within five miles of Echo. A few moments ago, Kurt had spotted Brennan at Carlotta's side, along with Serenity, as they escorted her, still on her feet at least, growling and snapping at them all, in search of medical attention. They were greeted at the door of the hospital by several efficient nuns in green scrubs and wimples who didn't bat an eyelid at the chaos in the car park. Ringmaster won't leave grip, said Riff now, giving Kurt a dirty look behind his clown makeup. And even if she was willing, Serenity had never let her hear the end of it. We don't leave people behind. Kurt hadn't expected them to ditch Carlotta, but... The entire headache of figuring out what to do with this many trucks and people and the general circus chaos without wiring ahead for licences and permissions, well, it seemed unfathomable. At least it wasn't his job. Wasn't his problem. That part was all down to the gaffer. Kurt had never really got a handle on what Brennan's job entailed, apart from being in charge of hiring and firing and expecting everyone to do their tasks while radiating efficiency and competence, plus occasionally fighting off local mob bosses who wanted to shake down the circus. Within two hours of Carlotta disappearing into the Serene Leaf Maternity Hospital, 
the Dragon Circus found themselves settled in a new temporary home, filling three paddocks outside the city bounds with full permission of the owners. Also, Kurt noted when he had a chance to check the maps, they were situated as far as possible from the city of Echo, which had several towering grey buildings visible in the distance beyond the tree-lined streets of Narcissus. Apparently, Brennan's job description was getting shit done. Rain drummed on the canvas ceiling of the mess tent, which was packed with irritable crew, clowns and teenagers. They sprawled on folding chairs, ate all the food and played cards endlessly. Kurt staked out a corner table nearest the coffee urn and worked at not worrying at all about the grip and whether she was going to be okay. It was past dinner time. No word from the hospital yet. This is the worst, groaned Finn, abandoning a poker game with the older boys to come and sulk with Kurt. I can't even use this time to train the dragons. They all went into short hibernation as soon as it started raining. Smart creatures, dragons. You're not good at having nothing to do, are you? Asked Kurt, king of hypocrites. I didn't even know having nothing to do was possible, Finn wailed. Normally, when we come to town, it's all hands on deck. We set up the carnival and the big top. We post handbills. We throw a parade. A parade? No one had said anything about parades. Was Kurt expected to parade at some point? Best advertising there is, but we can't advertise here because we're not doing anything. No shows, nothing. Finn folded herself dejectedly over the table, as if she wanted to melt into the rain and drip away. Her long, dark hair trailed out around her face, ratty and unbrushed. Somehow, between leaving the city of Candle and arriving here outside Narcissus, she'd acquired a nose piercing. There's another circus on the grounds, she mumbled. Sorry? Someone else, in the best showground of the South, scooping up all our money and audiences. Worst of all, it's the bloody salt circus. A hiss ran around the mess tent. Those fish bastards, kraken fuckers. Who wants to pay good money for a bunch of waterlogged fakers in paddling pools? Good show then, Kurt remarked. They're famous, Finn said sadly. I've never seen them. Kurt's eye was caught by Brennan, standing by the tent flap, unobtrusive as ever. So go see them, stop whining about it, he said, as he rose to his feet, drawn towards his boss. It's not like we're going anywhere. Gaffer, what's the news? yelled out one of the grips, spotting Brennan, before Kurt could reach him. Mother and baby doing fine. Brennan said calmly. Surgeon whipped it out of her. It's a boy. Under the cover of the huge celebratory shouts that rang out through the tent, Brennan and Kurt slipped out together and crossed the paddock, away from the various lights and noise of the gathered caravans. What's up? Kurt asked, rain pouring down his collar and down into his shirt. It wasn't cold, but there was a hell of a lot of wet. Need you to keep an eye on Carlotta tonight at the hospital, said Brennan, leading the way to his own truck, parked nearer the dirt road than the rest of their makeshift camp. Kurt went where he was pointed, did what he was told. Expecting trouble? 
he asked, because Brennan rarely pointed him in any direction that was safe and easy. Something like that. Does it have anything to do with you avoiding Echo like it's an ex-girlfriend with a grudge? Let's pretend my answer to that question was informative and satisfying. No, scratch that. Brennan gave him a stern glare. Let's pretend you never asked it in the first place. Kurt nodded. Stony silence it is, boss. My specialty. But, baby! Serenity protested, clearly so exhausted she could barely stand up. How many hours sleep did you get last night? Magellan asked her wife. I know for a fact you were helping Carlotta with her contractions since yesterday afternoon. At least two in 20-minute bursts. I'm basically a superhero in two hours. I could move mountains. Half dead. You're half dead, love. Finn's mothers and Brennan clustered around a glass-walled nursery full of identical sleeping babies. Kurt wasn't sure which was the grip's spawn and wasn't invested enough to ask for that information. Every now and then, a different nun walked past and looked disapprovingly at them all. I wanted to see Carlotta again, serendipity whined. After you sleep, said Magellan. She's asleep right now. Everyone in the world is sleeping, except you. But what if something happens? Brennan will be here. Kurt will be here. Big, strapping, problem-solving men. They don't know what to do with babies and feelings, protested Serendipity. That's why they have a million nuns here, Kurt said helpfully. I hear there's a whole wing of the hospital just for squishy feelings. You're making fun of me, sulked Serendipity, as her wife started to drag her away. And I'll have an excellent comeback to what you just said after a very brief nap. Kurt and Brennan swapped out every three hours, taking turns sleeping across several chairs in the grip's hospital room, standing sentry outside the door. The nuns didn't approve at all, and Kurt had a sneaking suspicion that Brennan had signed paperwork to say they were both fathers of Carlotta's baby in order to get permission to remain. That probably didn't help matters with the nuns, to be honest. Kurt awoke at first light. The rain had finally eased enough to let some sunlight through, to the sound of Carlotta complaining loudly. Oh, gods, why are you here? Where are we? We made it past Narcissus, right? Kurt cracked his eyes open and rolled to his feet, stretching his neck. Not very far past, at all. Basically, we're in Narcissus. Surprise! That's not good, she said hoarsely trying to lift herself up in bed. How? What happened? I feel like the big top fell on top of me. Surgery, he said shortly. The baby's fine. So are you. But maybe do less of the moving around for a bit. Oh, shit, shit. Grip flopped back down, face twisting with the pain. Is Brennan keeping a low profile at least? Does pretending to be a security guard outside your door all night count? Brennan should have woken him a few hours ago, Kurt realised now, checking the time. He'd expected to be roused around four, and it was past six. Carlotta was starting to panic. Kurt, he can't be here at all. This is bad, super bad. Also, where's my baby? I have one, right? Is it a good one? 
hang on, I'll collect people who aren't me to answer that question. Throw enough nuns at the situation, you can move mountains. Kurt went to the door and glanced out, expecting to find Brennan holding up the same patch of wall he'd been haunting most of the night. The wall was empty, and so was the corridor. He's gone. Brennan was a worse mother hen than Serendipity and Magellan put together. He wouldn't have walked away from the hospital by choice. Would he? Unless he left Kurt here deliberately, knowing he was planning to disappear. You have to find him, Carlotta called out. Seriously, Frostad, this is Code Red, all the Reds, Scarlet and Vermilion. He can't be here. Working on it. What do you think your baby looks like? Kurt peered towards the nursery at the far end of the corridor. I don't know, she said. Bring me a selection. I'll pick my favourite. Kurt's throw-enough-nuns-at-it theory ran into some problems when it turned out that not a single nun in the hospital could tell him what had happened to his boss. Brennan's ability to be disconcertingly unremarkable had backfired. Unless it was working exactly how Brennan wanted it to work. There was a mystery here, and as much as Kurt liked to tell himself he had no interest in uncovering all of the gaffer's secrets, well, that would be a lie. Inga arrived shortly after breakfast, accompanied by an anxious-looking serenity, who disappeared directly into Carlotta's room, leaving Kurt and his sister alone for a moment. We have a problem, Inga said. You're telling me. This one is your fault, Kurt. I know, he said sullenly. If only he hadn't let himself sleep on the job, damn it. If only he hadn't trusted Brennan enough to turn his back on him. He was getting too cosy in this damned circus. Wait, how do you know already? What are you talking about? Brennan disappeared from the hospital last night without a word. And there's reason to think he shouldn't be anywhere near the Twin Cities. That doesn't sound good. Nope. Mine's worse. Really? Finn Faraday ran away to the circus. Is that one of those in-jokes that'll make more sense when we've been with this lot for longer? Inga shook her head. The Salt Circus. Finn and a couple of the older lads, not Puck, the other ones whose names I haven't bothered to learn. Darren, not so. Nash, said Kurt absently. What, so they ran off to check out the other show last night? Where's the harm? Apparently it was your idea. They're circus geeks. What else are they going to do when it's raining and they get bored? Let them do a little market research and eat a toffee apple. Finn didn't come home. The lads eventually rolled up this morning without her. Shit, Kurt sighed. Wait, why hasn't Serendipity punched me in the face if this is all my fault? Inga raised both her eyebrows. Magellan doesn't want Serendipity to know. She's been so worried about Carlotta and the baby. But she wanted you to know this is your fault and you have to fix it. So much drama, and no one had even got murdered. Do you ever think that maybe coming to live with the Dragon Circus was a really, really bad idea? Kurt wondered. I mean, said Inga, that probably depends on whether or not you find the Ringmaster's daughter. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. 
You can sign up to my author's newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at Tansy RR or at Sheep Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at Tansy RR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge, including Death at the Dragon Circus and next month, Echo and Narcissus. See you next week. Thank you.